All right, good afternoon, all my beauty people. This is Miss V's Real Beauty Talk. And I decided today to do a video podcast because I've never done one. And it just kind of gives you more of a visual of what I'm talking about. So you're not just listening to my voice. So I'm trying something different today. That's how it is. But today what I wanted to do, because I haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks, you know, things have been coming up. I wanted to answer some just random questions about hair and nails, about the beauty industry. And the first question that I have is, what's the best advice for someone starting cosmetology school? So because things are so different, and I just want to be sure that I keep it short and sweet, and I'm not repeating myself, I would say to a prospect student, have a clear mind on what you want to do. Because in California, things are different to the point where you would decide if you want to just do hairstyling for 600 hours, but be clear that you will not be able to legally do any chemicals. I would also um, say if you want to do chemicals, be prepared to do the whole, uh, well, you could do a thousand hours if you wanted to. So decide if you want to do that or if you want to do both. So if you want to specialize in hairstyling and cosmetology, meaning you will be able to do skin, that's including facials, waxing, makeup. And if you want to do nails, that's including manicures, pedicures, acrylics, silk wrap. So artificial enhancements such as that, you'd be able to do that. So have that in your mind when you go to the school. Understand that it is hard work. So if this is something, a last resort, you know, your parents said, oh, you got to do something. Why don't you go to hair school? It can't be that hard. It is hard. And on top of that. A lot of times you have to put up with a lot of moods and different attitudes. I am not telling you this to discourage you. I'm telling you this to go in with your eyes open and just go in focused. And I can tell you that it can be done because I've taught all kinds of students. And there are those students who wanted to be friends with everybody and rather get caught up in all the drama than what they're there for. And so what I used to do is have the students tell out loud verbally why they chose cosmetology. And I would tell them to write that down on a post-it. So on those days, when you don't feel like getting up, when you don't feel like going to school, you could look at that and remember why you signed up for this in the first place. Because there is drama, unfortunately, and there is some things that could sidetrack you if you don't have a mature mind and stay focused. So I would just say that be focused, know what you're going in for, understand that it is hard work, be determined, study. And even though you don't have a practical exam anymore, you do have a written exam. So you still want to study and you still want to practice your skills. 
And that's the downfall about not having a practical exam. Because if you're in a school who just throws their hands up and say, oh, well, it's no longer state board, so you really don't need to do any practical, that's going to be a disadvantage to you, the student, because you're going to get out there in the real world and there's not going to be a lot of salon owners that's going to want to take you up under their wing and teach you everything that should have been taught to you in school. So these are all things to consider, not to discourage, but just to be prepared. It's so different from when I went to school. So <clears throat> that would be my greatest advice to you. And I would also say that in the end, this is one of the greatest careers that I know of on the map. If you are passionate about making people smile, making them feel better making a change and a difference in their lives this is one of the greatest careers that you can do that and i'm not talking about just standing behind the chair doing hair although that's a beautiful thing too but you could do their nails you could do their skin you can write books about it you can uh, make your own products you can start your own line. You could become a business owner, which means having your own salon. Um, of course, when this COVID is over, you know. Um, but yeah, one of the, the most fulfilling, you can become an educator. You could become an educator for a product line that you love and travel the world. You could work on cruise ships. You could, and I've said this in other videos before, um, you could work in tourist spots where, you know, it's a one-time deal and they pay more money because it's a tourist spot and you may never see these clients again. So, um, it's not a bad decision deciding that you want to do cosmetology, but that would be my greatest advice to you. Okay, moving on to the next question. Um, is there anything you can do to make your hair grow faster? So let's just be clear on this scientifically. Your hair on average, and I will say that some people, it may be a little more, but on average, the average human being, their hair grows about a half an inch per month. Um, in the summertime, in warmer seasons, your hair may grow faster, and that's because your body and your blood vessels are not working so hard to um, keep yourself warm. So the blood is flowing freely, and remember, hair grows from blood, so the hair does grow faster. But is there anything that you can do to speed up that process? The answer is no. All right, folks, the next question is, um, is there an age where you're too old and it's inappropriate to get hair color? Hmm, I wouldn't say that it's inappropriate. I mean, if you're grown and you've been on this earth long enough to, uh, you know, I don't get it. There's no such thing as inappropriate. Matter of fact, I remember one school that I worked in, the lady was 80 years old and she would come in, her hair was cut close and it was longer on the other side in the front. And she would come in and color it a vibrant purple color. 
and I just thought that was so awesome. I thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, yeah, you go on, man. Do you. So that's what I would say. Do you. If you love hair color, there is no age where you're too old. Says who? Now, too young, I would say possibly because your hair is the same age as you. So if you're younger, before your teens, um, you shouldn't be getting like permanent color and highlights in your hair. That is a whole nother thing. But since that wasn't the question, I'm not going to answer that. All right. Um, what do salons use to make hair uh, softer after you blow dry the hair? Well, there's tons of products that a salon may use. Some, some salons, um, you know, use Bumble and Bumble products. Some salons use Kevin Murphy. Some salons use Redken. So I think it's whatever the preference of that salon is, but it all boils down to the ingredients that's in the product. And then it also boils down to how that person is blow drying your hair. So a lot of times, um, and I won't say all of us, but a lot of times people do not take their time with blow drying the hair and they blow dry it incorrect. But if you blow dry it correct and get those cuticles closed, of course that hair is gonna hold in more shine and it's gonna feel really soft and not to mention the shampoos and conditioners that are being used in the salon as well. Um, and then also considering the water that's running through the pipes. If the water is softer than what you have in your home, your hair is automatically gonna feel soft. Um, for instance, rainwater is considered soft water, and I think I've told you guys this before in my shampoo video on YouTube. Um, because of that, you get the full benefits of the sudsing and the cleansing of your shampoos and you get the full benefit of the softening from your conditioners uh, some people have soft water systems in their home that gives you the full benefit of using your detergents and shampoos and conditioners rainwater if you collect it and you shampoo your hair with it you will understand what i'm telling you so the water plays a part, the shampoo and conditioner and the products that they're using is what would make your hair softer and blow drying your hair the correct way would make your hair softer when you go to schools to get your hair done and when you go to the salons. Uh, let's see. What products are best for growing out your edges? Hmm. There's a lot of products out there that could be good. There's a lot of internal things that you could do for uh, hair growth. Um, and then also you'd have to be careful with how you style your hair to protect those edges while you're in the process of regrowing your hair. Uh, for instance, rosemary oil um, is rosemary period is very good for hair growth it circulates the blood flow peppermint is very good the thing with rosemary because it's so strong you have to mix it with what's called a fractionated oil in other words something that could break up that strength so it won't burn you because if you just put rosemary directly on your scalp it could 
burn you because it's strong. Um, so if I use something like that, I would use mixed with an olive oil or a coconut oil, something to, to dilute it a little bit. Uh, there's biotin. Some people say it works. They swear it works wonders. Um, a lot of vitamins that you take internally has biotin in it to help your hair. So, um, God, there's so many things. I personally was using a product called Edge Entity. Uh, and that was, it's all natural ingredients. You could check them out online, edgeentity.com. I actually found this company on Instagram. And you could look at, you know, their pictures before and after with the edges. And oh my God, wonders. I have a little fuzz growing in in certain areas where my hair is bald or thin. Uh, so it does work. Uh, I'm continuing to use it to see if there's any more growth that will come out of it. Give it about a year for me. But I mean, what I've seen online with this company, you'll see it in weeks. Now, one thing that's tricky about hair growth and when you're teaching or telling someone about hair growth, you never can guarantee it. Um, you can say that it will help with this. For instance, I could tell you high frequency helps with hair growth. I cannot guarantee that your hair will grow back because it depends on why it fell out in the first place. If it's traction alopecia, that means that you had your hair pulled too tight and it fell out that way. Or it could be from using chemicals like relaxers. That could be a thing. So it's all, you know, different reasons. It could be, what if you went through chemo? What if you have thyroid issues? Did you go to the doctor? Did you have your blood taken? Sometimes they have to give you, um, you know, like uh, steroids and all that kind of stuff. So it all depends on the reasoning. But I could tell you these are things that may help. LED light. If you have heart problems, you shouldn't really be using the high frequency because it can speed up your heart rate. Just remember, blood is what makes the hair grow. So this is a procedure that would stimulate blood flow to that part, which means the heart is beating faster. LED light doesn't work that way. You just hold the light over that area and it's healing those blood vessels in there and whatever's injured in there and it can help. We used that on my mom when she had a stroke and because she had heart issues, we couldn't use the high frequency. So we used the red LED light on her and it worked wonders within a couple of weeks. So those are some things that could help. Um, and just down to brushing your own scalp. Uh, you know, there was an old saying that said, if you brush your hair a hundred times a day, it would grow. Well, the truth is, if you brushed it from the scalp, we call those scalp treatments. Um, you would stimulate the scalp and go through the ends, but you have to stimulate the scalp to get that blood flowing. That actually does aid in hair growth. All right, um, let's see. Is it true that blow drying is more damaging to the hair than flat ironing? Um, I would say both can be damaging if you overdo it. So if you're blow drying your hair every day, will it damage your hair as much as flat ironing? Yes. And if you're not blow drying correct, you can also burn the hair. You can burn the hair, you can actually blister the hair. 
and literally under a microscope you can see where there's blisters forming on the hair from where you burned it and that's when you're holding the airflow directly on the hair and smashing it in between the brush um, flat ironing the hair just think about it this way if you have your flat iron on 200 degrees or hotter and you're smashing these two plates down that are full of heat and the hair is in between you're smashing that in does that damage your hair what do you think you're doing to it you are scalding your hair so if your hair had a mouth it probably would be screaming the whole time so is that something that you'd want to do to your poor hair every day no it is not what would be some healthy alternatives that would be a little better shampoo sets uh, getting your hair shampooed once a week going in getting a roller set where the curls would be set in and during the week the curls loosen so um, you're not putting heat on your hair every day uh, let's see this is a good question can I brush curly hair to detangle it yes you can it's all in how you brush it and it's all in what type of brush are you using so there's um, paddle brushes and there's vent brushes you would want it to have those kind of bristles I call them like bobby pin bristles so you would use that type of brush and you would always detangle from the ends and work your way up to the scalp you never want to put the brush in at the scalp and yank down just because hair is curly does not mean that it's tougher it can actually be a little more fragile so you have to treat hair like you would treat your plants um, like you would treat anything that you love treat it with care with kindness and with gentleness and there you have it yes you can brush your hair to detangle it uh, let's see <clears throat> How can I keep my hair long if it's frizzy, dry, or damaged? Well, the first thing I would say on that is whatever it is you're using on your hair to make it dry and damaged, stop using it. So if you're buying shampoos from the drugstore, most likely they're too alkaline for your hair, mixed with the hard water that most of us have in our homes. So that can cause your hair to tear and be split. Also, if you're not trimming your ends, you should trim your ends, and I would say at least a half an inch to an inch every three to six months, because when you don't, the hair grows longer, but then it starts to tear. So then you end up having split ends, and it, the tear moves up the hair strand. So then it starts, if your hair is like down to here, it's torn at the ends, and the split is moving up. So then all this looks frizzy. Also, I would say one thing that may help. A lot of people don't know about this. When you shampoo your hair, you rinse it out in warm water. When you condition your hair and you work it through, and it depends on what type of hair you have, because if you have oily hair, I would not manipulate conditioner on my scalp. I would just use it on my hair, probably like an inch away from the scalp and work it through the hair. You let it sit for two to five minutes and rinse it out in cool water and that will close your cuticles and you'll have some of that conditioner in the hair 
to do what it's meant to do. <laughs> okay, um, the next question, and I hope these answers are helping you guys because that's really why I'm doing it. Um, can hair color make your hair grow more fast? If anything, it can damage your scalp and it would, it could stop your growth or I would say slow down your growth. So no, I've never heard of a hair color that grows your hair fast. If that was true, I would color my head right now. Because there's developer in permanent hair color, that peroxide can get under your skin and it can actually aggravate the skin. And um, the ingredients in the hair color, one of them's ammonia, unless it's ammonia free, but there's certain dyes in there when it gets in the scalp, which it should not be on the scalp, uh, can actually cause damage to your hair. So no, that's a no. Should I shampoo my hair daily if I get dirt or dandruff the day after? And should I use conditioner daily? Hmm. Well, I would say in that it depends on what type of hair you have. So I would say when you shampoo your hair, if your hair is pasted to your face oily the next day or within a couple of hours, then most likely you should shampoo your hair daily. But on the flip side of that, you have to really pay attention. Make sure you're not using a shampoo that's stripping your hair and scalp of its oils on a daily basis because what happens is the oil that's coming out of your scalp that goes into your hair is called sebum. Your sebaceous glands are just under that skin and that's how your hair can grow out with shine. And that's why when you brush your hair, you'll notice that your hair starts to get a shine to it because you're stimulating those oil glands. Same thing when you shampoo, you're stripping those oil glands. So what can happen is they can panic. Like, for instance, make sure your shampoo is not a clarifying shampoo. Unless, like I said, your hair really is oily. That would be the only time. Or like if you're a swimmer or something, you use clarifying shampoo. Watch my shampoo video if you don't understand what that is. I have two shampoo videos where I'm breaking down all the different kinds of shampoos and what they do for your hair. Clarifying is some of the strongest shampoo out there where it really goes into the depths of the hair and gets metals out and medicines out. So you use those like prior to doing a perm on someone or like if they're a swimmer, it goes in and gets the chlorine out of their hair. Um, if you're using drugs, drug store bought shampoos, a lot of times the cleansing agents in them, I cannot say this enough, is stronger on the pH scale. So that's where your chemistry studies has to come in. You have to understand our pH is acidic. We're on the range between 4.5 to 5.5. 
So if you check out the pH of your shampoo, let's say if it's a, a 9 or a 10, that's pretty darn strong considering you're 4.5 to 5.5 in that range, which means you're stripping the skin on your head, which is your scalp that's covered in hair, right? Um, and so a lot of times because of that, you're, it can aggravate, let's say if you have dandruff, it can aggravate that condition and cause it to make more flakes because you're stripping it. So then it has adverse. So that's a tricky one. Really understand if your hair is oily or not, then I would say yes, shampoo once a day. But if it is not and you're just stripping it because you think it feels dirty, you're doing worse off uh, for your hair and scalp and you actually can cause yourself to get a fungus, which dandruff technically is a fungus. It's called malassezia. Um, and there's waxy malassezia and dry malassezia where the flakes are waxy and stuck to your scalp and hair and you can pull them out. So it is a fungus. Now, I could give you a little trick here, but it's not something that salons do. This is just a little at-home remedy. And for a moment, me, well, I tried it and then my students were trying it and it really works, at least for a few days or so. Listerine. So you shampoo and, uh, no, before you shampoo, I'm sorry, put Listerine, the old school brown Listerine on your scalp. Work it through because it's antifungal, remember, for the breath, right, um, and the gums. So you put it on your scalp. It also helps with athlete's foot, but that's a whole nother thing. Let it sit for about five minutes and then shampoo it out and then condition your hair. And it really works with itchy scalp and it helps with dandruff. Notice I said it helps, so I'm not going to guarantee. But from experience, I've tried it on myself. It works. My students tried it. They loved it. It works. So that may help. Try that. Um, and should you condition your hair daily? Why? If your hair is dry, I would recommend that you use a mask once a week, a moisturizing mask. And that's just a deeper type conditioning that you would put on your hair, not necessarily your scalp. And you would put a cap on and you would sit under the dryer for 15 minutes, let it cool off for five. If you don't have a, try, a dryer, excuse me, at home, then you would just put the cap on, sit down, watch your favorite show for 20 minutes, and don't forget to rinse it out in cool water if you wanna see the full benefits of your conditioner and your mask. All right, another question was, how do you remove nails properly? So I'm assuming artificial nails. And when you're getting your nails done, does it hurt? Well, the answer to that is it should not hurt. And if it does, the nail tech is not doing your nails correct. So in the prepping part of getting acrylic nails or gel nails, first off, we teach in school that you file in the direction of the nail growth, which would be around and down. I'm trying not to show my nails because they look bad and I have to do them after this video podcast. Um, 
but you when you're buffing you don't buff on the natural nails side to side you kind of go around and down same thing if I am hand prepping the nail meaning I'm not using an electric file I actually go around and downward in the direction of the nail growth I do not etch the nail side to side because what I'm doing is I am making divots and openings into the nail so when I go to put primer on it will burn also, when I put the monomer and the powder on, which makes the acrylic, um, it will burn because that liquid is seeping through the open holes that I made. Whereas if I go around and down in the direction of nail growth, there's a slight roughening of the surface without the damage. So no, it should not hurt when you get your nails done. It should not hurt when you get them taken off. The proper way to take the nails off, if you have a gel polish on top, you etch that shine off of the gel and you soak. So there's two ways you can soak. Some people put marbles in the bowl with the, with the acetone because the marbles help to keep all that stuff down weighed at the bottom, you know, that's floating off of your nails. So that's one way, soak them. The second, oh, and then also what you can do is file them down as short as you can and then soak like that. Also, what you can do is you can take cotton, saturate it in pure acetone, place it on top and wrap foil around it. They also have these cute little things where you pour the acetone in and you just put your fingers in them. So they have that. All that being said, soaking is the only proper way that I know of right now to remove your nails. And I will say this, if your nail salon is using dental acrylic, it always takes longer to take off. Now, you also can take the electric file and file down, shave down the acrylic thin so you don't have to spend a long time soaking. But it should never be filed all the way down to your nail especially those metal bits they are not supposed to go on the natural nail what goes on the natural nail especially when you're prepping with the electric file for acrylics would be what's called a sanding bit so they have fine medium and coarse grit i've never used the coarse grit on the natural nail i've used medium or the fine grit and just so you know the nail tech is supposed to throw that away after each client you are not supposed to reuse the sanding bits. And remember, you're not supposed to use the metal bits on the natural nail. The metal carbide bits you can use on the acrylic, on the gel that's on top of the nail, but not on your natural nail. So all that to say, no and soak. Okay, this is a good one. If my nails get hurt or injured, how long will it take to heal? It all depends on the person. On average, if your, let's say your toenail gets torn off, on average, it could take up to 18 months for it to fully regrow, but it depends on the person. So that's why I say on average, because everyone's not exactly the same. Sometimes it could be quicker, but it does take a long time. Usually with nails, you'll start to see it regrowing within four to six months. You may see a nail fully regrown and it depends on how badly 
it was injured because let's say if you slam your hands in the drawer you your hand gets slammed in a car door and you notice your nail turns blue or black depending on how bruised it is you know and sometimes i've heard where you have to go to the doctor and get a hole drilled in so that blood can drain out uh, the nail will loosen up and it will come off and so within that time about four to six months on average Let's see, which is better, pushing back cuticles or nipping? I will say this, when you're doing a manicure, most of the time, when you're pushing back the cuticles, it depends on if they're a nail biter too. Um, most of the time, not all the time, when you push back, you really don't need to nip. But sometimes your client may have excessive cuticle, and I have found in nail biters that they have excessive cuticle. So in that case, you have to nip after you've pushed. But there is no one that's better than the other. I will say this though, if you don't take care of your cuticles, what can happen, uh, God, what is it called? Uh, pterygium, it's a nail disorder. And there's two types. There's dorsal pterygium and then there's ventral. Pterygium. So ventral pterygium is where that tissue under the nail plate is called the hyponychium. It can connect to the free edge of your nail plate and grow out with it. So then it makes it difficult for the person who's doing your nails to file because that live tissue and it will hurt the client. With the dorsal pterygium is where the cuticle actually embeds itself into the top part of the nail plate and grows out with it. And at that point, there's no pushing, no nipping because it's all live tissue. So this can happen if you don't do any cuticle treatments at all. And that is all I have for you guys today. Um, next week, uh, I'll come up with something. I'm not going to make any promises. I'm learning that. But I want to thank you guys so much for listening to Ms. V's Real Beauty Talk. I hope that this helped. I hope that you enjoyed. And I will see you guys next time. God bless you. Bye.